0: Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees Podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, we continue celebrating our one-year anniversary of the podcast. Hooray! And, as a thank you, we're holding a Davy Bluetooth Earbuds giveaway through the end of the month while supplies last to learn more about entering the giveaway. read this episode's podcast show notes below or head over to Davy's Facebook or LinkedIn page to learn more to find us. Just search Davy Tree on Facebook or LinkedIn to see our podcast giveaway post for instructions. I'm joined this week by Sean Zeki. He's a district manager near Chicago for the Davy Tree Expert Company. Glen Ellen and Lombard area is that right, Sean?
1: That is correct.
0: And I'm excited to talk about big trees because it seems there's a bit, been a trend in the gardening industry and in the landscape industry in general to look for smaller, more compact things. But man, give me a big tree! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm right there with you. I totally agree. You know these uh, these big trees will make or break a property. I mean, some people buy their houses based off of big trees, you know, you know, it's one of the reasons I bought my own house is because I have a massive hackberry tree in my backyard. Um, I'm very fond of that tree. You know, it's a native tree in this area, which is even better, you know.
0: And as I always say, when I'm interviewing arborists, I live in an oak forest. And that's one of the reasons that I bought my house was that I loved these big old oaks. Unfortunately, oak wilt has uh, snuck in, but we're working on it. Uh, so when I'm considering, let's say planting or buying a house with a big tree, let's talk planting first, obviously giving it enough room to do its thing, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. That that's always number one. You got to have the space for it. Um, knowing what you're going to be planting. Sure. You, you know, when you plant that tree and it's young, you're going to have, it might seem like a big wide open area, but you just have to understand that it will grow into that area. Um, and that if you impede it by planting other things around it, it'll take away from the shape of that tree that it naturally can have.
0: You know, Sean, that that how do you teach that lesson? Because I've been working uh, on my son's property, and every time I go, he wants to leave some little shrub closer to the tree. Well, this will this will give me some privacy. I'm like, your tree won't do its thing if you leave that here. I know it's painful to lose this. Yep. How, talk a little bit about spreading the word so to speak when it comes to that sort of thing.
1: That's a tough one that's honestly that's a battle that I'm still fighting today is just because you know everybody wants instant gratification right That's the number one seller uh, plant me that biggest tree that you can plant and uh, let's load up this yard I need as much privacy as possible. however it, you know you, you got to be able to work around that you got to be patient you have to be willing to know that there's a future outlook here. Um, so, you know, education is always number one. You just have to explain to the people that listen, here's how big this tree is going to get. Here's what it needs. It needs to have space. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I can really tell you, if you really want to fill up an area is like you were saying, maybe throwing some small perennials around the tree to fill it up the area, but nothing huge or too woody. That's going to, like we were already saying, impeding on the natural growth of this tree. Um, something like a white Oak, a, a swamp, white Oak. They love to have really low hanging branches. And if you have even a shrub underneath there, you're going to take away from those low hanging branches that tree naturally could have. And, you know, you know, those uh, trees, that you, I don't know if you guys have been to, a, you know, a nearby Morton arbor or a, an Arboretum in general, but some of these trees branches literally go down into the ground and come back out again. Um, and that, that's a huge selling point. I mean, that's, uh, it's beautiful if you ask me. So um, just being patient.
0: Well, they- the patience is one thing you brought up, but also instant gratification, and I know it drives you crazy because it drives me crazy too when I see new construction, and 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 just seeing the planting and knowing that poor person is going to have to replace those in five ten years. Yeah. Uh, so on your list of big trees for the east, and when you're looking at a site, you've got the right site for for a big tree. Talk about something that you're interested in that that you like, that you would you love to get into someone's landscape.
1: Native trees. Yeah. Native trees are always gonna be the first go to. Okay. So native trees they tend to have not zero issues, but minimal issues when it comes to insects, when it comes to diseases they can naturally fend this stuff off. Okay? So native trees is always going to be my go-to. Kind of narrows us down um not it doesn't really like uh, strangle us, but it definitely narrows us down to a certain uh type of uh, types of trees, but typically um you know when I'm going with a native tree, I'm going to try to go something along the lines of uh what's in the area as well, right? Like looking in The actual, like, what is the, is there a forest preserve near you? Let's take a look at those trees and see if we can blend in with that, right? So, um, like I said, I live uh, with a huge hackberry tree in my backyard, and that's because I live close to a river, okay? So there's a lot of water, there's a huge water source right there. So you have to look at the site conditions. I'd love to be able to tell you, uh, you know, exactly this tree is going to work great for every single property, but that's just not the truth. You have to pinpoint what the site conditions are. So um, if you're living near some water, um, you know, something that where your water table is kind of low, I'm going to go with something along the lines of like a hackberry tree. I'm going to go along the lines of something. I know I'm not a huge fan of planting willows, but uh, if you're near water and it's far enough away from the house, sure, plant a willow tree because it's native in the area, but try to keep that away from the house at any point. Um, Tulip poplars are great near the water as well. So, I mean, um, even some sugar maple trees do okay near some water. So, um, again, checking the area, the surrounding areas to see what's going to blend in,
0: you know. So right tree, right place. We talk about that a lot here. I'd like to go back to the Hackberry. It's been mentioned a couple times on the podcast. I just don't know anything about them. Yet, I know since they keep coming up, since uh, a certified arborist is telling me hackberry, I'd better be on my radar. I Again, you know, you've, you've said it, education and having the right place for the tree, but tell me what you love about hackberries.
1: Yeah, hackberry trees, you know, uh, they can handle a lot. Um, that's one thing, It's uh, they're, they're a hardwooded tree. Um, they, they can handle quite a bit. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, they might get a broken branch here and there, but then it's not going to just like kill them. It's not going to take away from the shape of the tree. Um, you know, the, the, these trees have the tendency of growing extremely large. And they also have the tendency of just uh, staying short and squatty. It depends on where they're at. So in my case, I like I said, I live down by some water. So I live in a valley, actually. And my tree is short and squatty. It's actually wider than it is tall. And that's because over the years, the wind has taken the tops out of this tree because of the Valley, everything where the, you know, the tree line is at everything below is perfectly safe. Um, and there's no issues with that tree. Um, so another thing with these trees, you know, being native and being disease free, you know, that's a huge selling point because you know what, there's not too much maintenance in that tree, right? You're only pruning it maybe every five to 10 years tops compared to, you know, somebody who has an ash tree who has to treat it every year, every two years. Um, um, the structure of the tree is phenomenal. I mean, it's uh, got some smaller leaves on it as well. So in the summertime, I, I don't need a an umbrella or of any sort. You know, it's a nice shade tree over the top of over over the top of everything. And what's kind of cool about the tree in my backyard with this hackberry is that I, I have what's called the mother tree. Um, it's the biggest hackberry in the entire area. And then there's these all these little babies all over the place in the backyard huh. that are coming up off of it. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool as well. So just know that uh, the hackberry tree, it is near water. They can spread. You know, you do get some seeds out of that annually. The birds love the tree. Um, that's another selling point. I'm a huge guy when it comes... I love birds. I love putting out bird feeders. Well, the birds absolutely love this hackberry tree. They attack it when, this, when those seeds are ripe. So...
0: So you're making lots of little hackberries. I see a little sign at the end of your driveway, John's Hackberry Nursery. Come get them.
1: <laughs> Come grab one. <laughs> exactly.
0: Hey, okay, let's talk a little bit about that—the uh, idea of the willow, because again, it's so important to have the right spot for it. You know, if you're at the water's edge, the willow's a great, great tree. But you don't want it, you know, over where your water's draining out the the backyard or or near the septic or something like that, right? That's the only worry with a willow
1: Keep it away from the house. Um, The roots of a willow tree are very aggressive. They can actually pierce concrete. So it doesn't take a cracked foundation for a willow tree to find its way in. It will find its way in. Um, So, yes, you want to keep those uh, far distance away from the house. Um, a really good rule of thumb is the tree's root system is roughly one and a half times the drip line of the tree, meaning wherever the furthest point of water can fall from that tree, you know, 50% more of that, that's how far that root system can go. So keep those willow trees that far away from you. Any, any part of your household that could have a drain or, uh, you know, a foundation. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good option when they're near the water
0: and away from the house. So you brought up birds and I'm a bird lover too. Is there something else native wise that we could think about depending on the site? As far as something that's positive for the birds?
1: Um, you know, I have a couple of, on my property, I have, um, um a mock orange, mock oranges. They seem to love that mock orange tree. Um, or the mock orange shrub excuse me um there's some viburnums out there if you guys want to plant some viburnums they like those um it, they're, 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 there's a handful of them out there i wish i could give you the, the exact types of trees out there um well, but i'm I, not not too schooled on the birds and what
0: all right well i've got a good story about a viburnum and it, it relates to you because it's called chicago luster
1: yes sir i know it
0: yep Okay, and so I'm like, all right, I need something that's deer-resistant, but I want, it, I want to have it for the birds. So I put that viburnum in, and it's filled with purple berries, and the deer ate all the berries.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of I, had one, I had
0: one berry left. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your intentions were good, your intentions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, actually, it was uh, viburnum beetles uh, took that one. That's the first time I ever had that problem. Let's go back to our our native trees and thinking of some other ones, big native trees that you're thinking about, depending on the site, of course.
1: Yep. Yep. So I'm a big fan of uh, hickory trees. You know, I love a big old hickory tree. However, if you're going to find a big old hickory, it's going to be at least about 100 years old. (laughs) I mean, those trees are slow growers. Um, So that's uh, another one that I'm just a really big fan of. Um, I love myself an oak tree. However, you said it yourself in the beginning of this podcast, right? Oak wilt is a very big issue in our area right now. And it's it's here. You cannot deny that. We've actually had a few positive uh, test results come back just in the Glen Ellen area um, this year alone. So we know it's uh, a problem. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I'm not opposed to planting oak trees, um, because I know that they're needed. You don't want to you know, stop planting these trees. Um, we All we got to do is try to, you know, eliminate or try to stop that spread of oak wilt that's going around. And that comes again with education and knowing how to stop it. So I don't want to deter anybody from planting oak trees just because we have a small problem in the area. Because a swamp white oak, a bur oak tree are some of the best trees, if you ask me, you can have in this area. And they're honestly some of the most beautiful trees you can have in this area as
0: well. So well, this comes up on the podcast a lot since I do live in an Oak forest, since I do have uh, Oak wilt. but we always talk about how, the importance of having a certified arborist dealing with some, with your, your landscape because cutting, cutting and pruning that tree at the right time, there's nothing more important than that. But, when we're talking about this disease and it breaks my heart uh, when, you know, I hear some gardeners saying, well, this guy came out in a pickup truck and he, he cut these. And I'm like, now with our inactive growth, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big problem. We,
1: we do deal with that. <clears throat> um, one of the problems as well is uh, sometimes we're almost forced to, though. You know, we get storms that come rolling through and we don't have a choice. We have to make some cuts on some trees to make a tree safe. Um, you can try to protect it, but that's only, only does so much. Um, and another problem is, is not only do we have those uneducated people out there that are making those pruning cuts during the growing season, but, um, sometimes people are just forced to get tree work done in the growing season because of budget restraints, right? Um, that's a battle. Um, we really try to hold ourselves to a standard here at Davy tree that we will not touch an oak tree unless there is a danger. Um, or unless it's the winter time, you know, then that's, that's key to, you know, eliminating this spread that is very prevalent in this area. Um, but unfortunately we are fighting that all the time.
0: So in my forest, I've got plenty of hickories too, and a few shag bark hickories, which I really love. If you could just explain to people a little bit about that, you know, I guess shag bark is pretty self-explanatory, but
1: it's a cool looking tree, right? Oh, I love them. I do. I love them, man. They have some character to them. Um, That's for sure. Um, Especially when you get a really good mature old hack, uh, sorry, hickory tree, a shag bark, man, that bark, I've seen some, the way that the bark sometimes flakes off of it, it's almost like, man, I, I swear I've seen a piece probably five to ten feet long curled yep. up a little bit hanging off the tree um, but overall no it's a great tree it's a it's got a compound leaf on it so it actually does have a lot of leaves on it um, so when fall comes around you're gonna be cleaning up a little bit um, especially the bigger the tree um, you are gonna get some nuts on it okay so shagbar hickory tends to be similar to a walnut tree when it comes to the fruit that falls from it so no, that if you're going to be planting this thing, try to keep it a little bit further away from the house because you will be woken up in the middle of the night when those, when those, uh, when, when those uh, fruits are falling on you. <laughs> um, the, the wood is beautiful. I mean, if you, God forbid, ever had to remove the tree, hold on to that wood. That's some of my favorite wood to have for uh, planking. If you're going to be um, doing anything fancy with some woodwork of any sort. Um, and then, you know, as for just the, the being a, an awesome shade tree, you know, being so big. And again, they can be sp- really sp- what we call spready. It, it, it can really uh, extend outwards and uh, give you a nice good, uh, you know, canopy of shade, which just protects you. And the, again, the wildlife, man, the animals absolutely love those uh, those hickories coming from that tree. So they can be a messy tree. I can, I'm going to warn you right now. If you if you have a massive hickory tree on your property, not only are you going to be fighting with the fruit that falls from it, but the squirrels that will be eating it up in the tree and leaving the mess for you on the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, when, when in, in my uh, forest when it gets to fall, I need to, I need a bike helmet between those uh, hickories and and the oaks. Yes, sir. it's so funny you can hear one start to fall from the top of the tree as it? it comes through the leaves, and you're just yeah. like incoming look out (laughs) (laughs) yeah what else were you thinking about anything else on your list
1: uh you know um so (sighs) i i I do like a black cherry as for as like a native tree but the issue is with those is that they're considered almost like a, a weed at the same time Um, If you can have it's I almost consider that one the same as like a willow tree, right? It's a native tree. It does great in this area. However, I would keep it away from the house if you can. Um, A black cherry tree is, uh, they they tend to get storm damage um, throughout the, um, you know, the the growing season in general, just because they are a softer wooded tree um, up in the upper canopy portions of it. But um, overall, it's a pretty tree to have on the property. Um, Another one would be a pecan tree. We don't see a lot of those at all in this area, but they're native and they do grow in this area quite well. Um, I've been, I've started planting those recently, I'd say in the last five years or so, um, just because I have found a nursery that supplies them. That's also an issue is finding a nursery that will supply these, these trees for you. So um, whenever you're planting some kind of hard to find trees, you're going to, end up planting smaller trees. That's for sure. Like whips almost like you're getting seedlings a lot of the time when you're planting these. So you, again, that instant gratification that people are always looking for, that can be hard to, to find.
0: Yeah. It, it's definitely about patience. And that's fascinating though. When I think pecan tree, I think South. Am I thinking of a different pecan tree or are these pecan trees?
1: No, it's just it's the same pecan tree. They, they can actually survive up here though. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they do, uh, thrive down south but yeah they, they can absolutely survive up in this area tell me a little bit about what you like about it and how about, big,
0: how big does it get
1: uh, not too big around here maybe 30 to 40 feet tall that's about it but they do get spready you know um do uh, you know what a kentucky coffee tree is i do i'd consider it something similar to that you know kind of similar to that in size and the way
0: and structure that they grow well, you better explain Kentucky coffee tree because I, I know what it is, but that doesn't mean everyone yep. knows it. And it's such a cool tree, and it it an underused tree.
1: It is, yeah. A, a, again, it's a, it, it, and obviously it's, it, it has its name for a reason. It comes from Kentucky. However, they do grow very well up here. Um, and again, when I say a tree that's pretty maintenance-free, that's one right there. We don't really ever deal too much with them, except for, you know, that typical safety pruning every five to 10 years. Um, one thing that I do get a complaint about is the side of the, the, the size of the pods that fall from it. So every tree makes a mess, guys. You can't deny that. Um, every tree is going to have something in it. Um, but you know, this one, um, just tends to have, it's a, it's a pod, I'd say on average six to 10 inches in length that will fall, um, later in the season. And yeah, you're going to have to clean those up, but you know what? Hey, there's a payoff for it. It's a big, beautiful tree that requires pretty much zero maintenance, um, and that's, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of maintenance-free trees. I know that seems kind of weird coming from a, <laughs> a, a tree guy that stays in business by, uh, you know, dealing with your trees. But, you know, uh, I'd rather have it be a healthy, sustainable tree than me coming out every year having to fix a problem. You know, uh, I'd rather come out every five to ten years and, you know, have a nice rolling uh, supply of work,
0: of healthy work all good stuff. Uh, Before I let you go, I want to know a little bit about you and why this job turned out to be right for you.
1: Yes, sir. Well, um, you know, I got, uh, pun intended, my grandfather planted a seed in my head a long time ago. Um, He was a a logger um, when he was uh, younger up in Wisconsin. And uh, when I was about I don't know, 14, 15 years old. He goes, you know what you need to do? You need to become an arborist. I was like, what's an arborist? <laughs> I had no idea. And, um, so he kind of told me about it and it just kind of stuck in my head. Right. Um, I was, uh, working for a golf course at the time and, I uh, was down in Florida and a hurricane came through three hurricanes in about three weeks came through and knocked out 5,000 trees on 1,000 acres. Um, I was handed a chainsaw and said, here you go, get to work. If you want to keep your job, we're not cutting grass anymore. You're a tree guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was my very beginning stages. I was young. I was dumb. I did not understand how safety was, how, how, uh, how things really should be working. Um, <clears throat> I did that for, you know, a handful of years. Um, we got the golf course up and going again. I ended up uh, moving back up here to the Chicagoland area. I got a job with, well, it was the Cara Trees at the time, but Davy acquired the Cara Trees. And uh, once I you know, got my start with them, that was back in 2009, I believe, um, it opened up my eyes. I realized how lucky I was to even be alive to this moment because of how dangerous I was working in the past. I had no clue how much danger I was putting myself into on a daily basis until I get to work with Davy Tree to find out how things are done the right way. Um, And that's, uh, that's kind of how I got my, my feet wet. Um, I came in with Davy tree and I had to wipe my slate clean because I thought I knew a lot of things and I did not. I ended up just coming in. I was like, you know what guys, I I thought I had experience, but I don't, I need you guys to kind of train me from the, you know, from the ground up here. Um, So I, I, I came in with a fresh mind and a positive attitude um, and that ended up uh, helping me, you know, work myself up within a few years I was a foreman. Um, within a year or two after that, I became a production manager, um, became, and then, you know, this is kind of like your, your road to success here in Davy tree. If you're gonna, um, you know, be, become the position I'm in right now, which is the district manager, but it went from, uh, you know, groundsman to crew leader, foreman to production manager, to assistant district manager. And now I'm a, di- a district manager for the Glen Ellen office. So I've, uh, worked myself up the ladder um you know it wasn't easy by any means um i was doing tree work uh, i was climbing trees i was a bucket head you know i was dragging brush every single day i've been through it all um we're i'm also a plant healthcare technician so i have an illinois pesticide license as well on top of that so um i go out and i do the treatments of the trees i spray trees Um, you know, um, then once I really got my head wrapped around all of that and I felt confident, I eventually became a certified tree worker safety professional with the TCIA, which is another feather in your cap you can put in and, uh, um, that allows you to travel the country to go and do some training, which is another item that I was a big fan of doing. Um, you know, that was uh, it was fun. I, I'm not doing anymore because I'm extremely busy in this position right here. But I did that for a good three to four years where I traveled the country for the TCIA. And I did all these workshops throughout uh, America. And I, I found a lot of joy in that. Um, my specialty on that was uh, aerial rescue. Uh, sorry, it was aerial rescue, but it was also electrical hazard awareness. So. Um, when I would go around the country teaching about electrical hazard awareness, um, it's pretty amazing how much you open people's eyes. Again, I put myself in, um, you know, that position when I very first started, you know, I had to kind of wipe my slate clean because I thought I had experience. And that's kind of what I had to teach these guys at these workshops is like, listen, I think you, you guys think, you know, what you're dealing with, but truly let me tell let me expose you to a few other items here. So those workshops were excellent. Um, and I really, uh, I really enjoy traveling that, that, uh, you know, you get a lot out of that too. A lot of people come back up to you and thank you afterwards. And, you know, um, yeah, I really enjoy that part of it, but, um, you know, I'm happy where I'm at now as a district manager here in the Glen, in the Glen Ellen office. Um, you know, we're doing very well. Got a nice, awesome group of guys, 20, 25 guys all together in this office here. And, uh, you know, uh, number one thing here is just to keep on training people up, right? So you can move on up in the company. So
0: Sean, that is great stuff. That is an amazing evolution. And you know, the fact that you're, you, you get trained and then are training people, that's awesome stuff. And then thanks too, for all the information on the trees. I'm looking into pecan trees. Although I might have to come down, and come over and see you and, and buy a few hackberries off you too. I got you, bud. I got you. Got plenty. All right. But well, thanks again for your time.
1: No problem, Doug.
0: You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Next week we have a very important show all about dormant pruning. For most of the country, this is the time to get that job done. And don't forget, you can win some Davy Bluetooth earbuds just by heading over to the Davy Tree Facebook or LinkedIn pages or just read the show notes below to find out how to get a pair of those earbuds. Now tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. I'm having fun, and I hope you are too. As always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.